Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Sardine Talks. This week I sat down with designer Matthew Williams. We spoke about the origins of his new line Alix Visual, moving to Italy to be closer to the production process and the urgent role that sustainability plays in shaping his artistic decisions. I'm Eliza Edwards, we hope you enjoy listening. So I just, I guess my first question as a, so you're, you were born in California. I was, I wasn't born in California, but I grew up in California. Okay. Then uh, you went to New York briefly and then were you back in California? No, I went to New York for 10 years. Okay. Yeah. So I moved uh, to New York when I was 20 and then I stayed there for the most part until two years ago when I moved to Italy. For five years, I, I had an apartment in New York and L.A. before I started until the second year of the brand. And then I left the L.A. apartment and then another year we left the New York apartment and moved completely to Italy. But my family and my wife's family is from California. So we uh, had a California upbringing. Mm. Yeah. How are you so. finding how are you finding Italy? How are you finding I guess also interesting having grown up in California and your wife as well now bringing children up in Italy must be such a different experience. You would think so on paper, but it's actually really similar to California. Um, the terrain and the weather and um, uh, the driving. Uh, people here are really nice. So it's really similar, actually. Nice. And you're based in Ferrara. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's near Bologna. Okay. <laughs> And why did you choose Ferrara specifically in Italy? That's where my partner was from. So um, we made it ground zero because that's where he was from. But uh, we work with factories all around Italy. So it's a great location because it's uh, central Italy. I read when you first moved to New York that you were heavily involved in music and that's always been a big part of your life. Is that still something that greatly influences your design? Yeah, um, well, fashion and nightlife it was always really connected for me. And, um, that's how I met, uh, a lot of people at the beginning of my career. And even, you know, just over the past 13 years or whatever it's been, um, cause you would see, you'd get dressed up to go out and then see what other people were wearing. And that was quite an inspiration. And then I worked in music for many years, um, originally doing costume design and things like that. So clothing and, and music was always related for me. And then, you know, throughout the years of, of working in both fashion and music, I have a lot of relationships in music and, and those friends still engage with the stuff I do today, whether that be wearing it or being models for the the projects that we do or attending our runway shows. Um, so I think music, it gives fashion life and context a lot, you know, so. I guess in the same way that culture and arts do, music is just another contributor to shaping fashion to be what it is today. I mean, I don't think the fashion industry would be where it is without music. Yeah, they've, they've always been linked in my eyes, definitely. 
Are there any musicians that are currently influencing you, particularly with regards to your design? Um, or artists as such? Maybe, maybe not maybe not consciously, but maybe they are subconsciously. But I don't um, I don't think about musicians when I design. They more uh, just engage with the things that I do. But I'm sure just being around and just the energy of the music I listen to or or the people that that I interact with it does influence in some way that I'm not aware of. Mm. Um I read that you you every day you're developing what you have to say to the world. Yeah. What for Alex what have been the key developments thus far in your journey? Well, I think, you know, you start from zero, right? And then <clears throat> through the process of doing, discovering things that, that speak to me emotionally. And so um, at the beginning, it, it was like kind of a, the first collections are just kind of a culmination of my years of, of life experience and things that I've always wanted to do. And then starting to understand what's possible and, and how far I can take it and then feeling like what's relevant to, to actually be made right now. And then, um, you know, over the past four years, uh, I started to feel like making clothing uh, in a sustainable way was really relevant as a modern modern as a modern brand to start to explore so that that wasn't something that I was always aware of a need for at the beginning of, of when I started design. But then through the process of making clothes, that started to feel like something that was really important for me to explore. Um, another thing was fabric developments and um, garment dye, which is something that's not sustainable, but it's something that we do do as well. And I think uh, that was something like preparing fabrics that, um, you know, were prepared for treatment or exploring different yarns, et cetera, for a final product. So it wasn't just kind of taking what was available to us. Um, so those two things. And I think, you know, in regards to the things that we do that are, recycled or upcycled or sustainable it's it's something that we're every day getting better at and then you know the things that we do that aren't sustainable it's something that we're we're aware that we do um and my approach to it is is you know change happens in, in increments right so each season we're getting better and better at what we do um so whereas the first season we just had a small group of Jersey, now we have technical fabrics and um, Jersey. Uh, and I would say more than half of our uh, brand now is recycled and upcycled, whether or not we talk about it or not. Um, it is. Um, and then the stuff that's not, we take the approach that we are making garments that are highly designed, that are made in Italy for the most part, they're expensive pieces that people keep in their wardrobes for a long time. 
so there's a sustainable as aspect that the the pieces aren't you know fast fashion that's being churned and burned and the pieces that are more of a lower price point are sustainable and are upcycled like underwear and t-shirts and things like that so we're kind of playing with the high of the high and the low of the low and you know this kind of way of approaching design is still so new um the verdicts out on lots of things like leather for instance leather is something that if it does end up in a landfill it biodegrades after three years, but a synthetic leather takes thousands of years to biodegrade. Mm. Um, we're also making, you know, thousand dollar leather jackets and jeans, which hopefully would stay in the system for decades because they'd be sold and resold. And that's why we support uh, places of business like Grailed, which is a completely sustainable company that's showing value to to clothing that was previously unvalued by the the owner you know and there's a great storytelling element of why fashion of the past is just as value as fashion of the new and i think this kind of value exploration is something that needs to be spoken about <clears throat> with with uh, kids because you know we're, we're kind of told new clothes that's always what you need something new but old clothes are really great too and um you know, a lot of stores buy clothes to sell them on sale to meet their goals, et cetera, et cetera. But how do we start to shape a market where stores are buying what the what the market actually wants to purchase at full price and brands are making that too? So it's a really complex thing. And, and we engage in, in, conference, in conferences like the Copenhagen Fashion Summit. We have a, a, a big web of consultants and like-minded people that we're constantly having a dialogue with. So as the future goes, we're, we're constantly course correcting. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're really engaged in, in, in this kind of uh, dialogue to find the right balance that works for us. And we're also really open about the things that we do that are sustainable. And we have reasoning that makes sense to us for the things that we do that aren't sustainable. And we're open about that. So um, we're not a green company, but we we're a fashion company that does products that we can in a sustainable way, because we think that should be more of like a baseline that every brand should do. You mentioned that clothing is very, it's a very emotional thing for you. Um, did that was it then obvious then to pursue a path of sustainability? Were, were those two intrinsically linked? The idea that clothes should be right for the motion, but then also contribute in some way to to the solution. No, for for me, I think all music and art and uh, you know anything that's like a reflection of the human condition is is like emotional, you know. And I can't always describe like why I choose to do something or why I make some design choice. It's, it's always about feeling. So that's that. But then as far as the sustainable thing, I believe that we should always be looking forward to, to new advances and technology and ways of living. Um, because if you don't, you get left behind, whether or not that's just like the, 
the law of nature. And a lot of people that I really respect, you know, you know, take photography, for example. There was a moment where there was lots of photographers that didn't want to transition to digital photography. And Kodak is a great example of a company that never thought that they would be completely out of business and didn't choose to explore digital photography. And then in the course of two or three years went from, you know, great profits to absolutely nothing and having to close. And um, the photographers that chose to transition to digital, uh, you know, still had careers and and had a much like when you're exploring a new technology, you have a much broader scope to experiment within rather than being closed minded and being like, this is just what I do. Obviously, there's a lot of great photographers now like Jamie Hawksworth, Brett Lloyd, people that are, are doing amazing stuff with film. But what I'm trying to say is when you're experimenting with new technologies, you have a much broader spectrum to do something new. Whereas if you're just working with the tools from the past, there's been a lot of things done already with that. So sustainability for me in a design standpoint means that we can really offer and differentiate ourselves as a brand and me as a designer because there's so much room to do something new. You know, like we do sustainable underwear and base, you know, three-pack tees. I don't know another brand that's just doing sustainable basics like us. I mean, that's pretty cool, just like a plain black underwear. I don't know what other brand you can buy that other than us, you know? So, or even just expensive technical jackets. You sound very positive about the future of sustainability. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're, they're, I don't want to sound like, I don't know, like I know what's best or something, but I think there should be more rules. Like I think we're at a place that's, it's kind of dire straits with, with the earth. And, and I think that, that more brands should just be, it should just be made to do this and more fabric mills shouldn't be able to continue without offering this kind of thing. Maybe there should be uh, tax breaks or benefits financially for companies that do choose to, to do business in this way, but there should be more of a motivation for people because at the, at the end of the day, there's only so much water there's only so much space for, for food for people to eat. And I don't think that we should use, we should use as little water as possible to make clothes. We should use as little land as possible to grow, uh, you know, plants that are used to make clothes. There's already enough material existing outside of the earth that we can make more clothes with that especially when it's something that people choose not to keep like, like they do now forever. Um, so it's, it's a mix of, I think, uh, restriction and implementation that needs to be placed to brands mixed with a new, a new consuming philosophy for, for a customer, which needs to be educated about, um, a new value system and it all kind of plays into to one another um, and, and then like I said earlier mixed with 
with how stores purchase clothing because, you know, the garment industry overproduces clothes for what people need based on, you know, businesses wanting to make more money, fabric suppliers, pushing orders, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just really like a, a, a vicious cycle that I, I wasn't aware of when I began um, making clothing. But I think that it's my duty to to at least bring awareness to what's happening and, and try to be a, an example of a brand and a company that's that's trying to operate in a responsible way while still just being a cool brand and not not trying to be like a you not know. sacrificing aesthetic yeah. i'd like to talk a bit about alix's visual um so am i right in thinking that all the garments are produced by the method of recovery yarns yes could you explain a little bit about how that process works yeah so um the recover blue is an entirely waterless process which uses textile waste and textile waste and plastic bottles to make um, yarn that then we make new fabric from. So I think it's around 10 to 15% of fabric ends up on the cutting room floor when you make a t-shirt. So that gets collected, ground up, mixed with um, repet plastic bottles and, and new yarn is made. So then there's no water used to finish the fabric or grow the cotton. Um, so each shirt saves around a thousand gallons of water. So our production already saves millions of gallons of water with our, us as a small brand. Amazing. Um, so we also use another yarn called Recover Earth, which is a mix of organic cotton and the uh, recycled fiber process. And we use that if we do garment dye to have um, like certain colors that we would want, but still having that be not using grown cotton is still a better, 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 uh, a better alternative than using non-recycled. So we use both. Um, and then now, you know, visual used to be more of, you know, graphic basics outside of the main collection. But now through our development, we've, we've brought the, and also the urgency of more sustainable product needing to be made now, starting next season, um, the, the entire mainline uh, jersey for Elix is, is with that too. So visuals becoming more just the, the basic stuff. So the three-pack tees, the underwear, uh, things like that and then even our mainline stuff is is upcycled with recover because ultimately the end goal i imagine for alix is that is all sustainably produced yeah I, I think that that's a great goal um i think sustainability is always going to be an opinion you know what is actually sustainable you know but yeah the goal would be to have everything sustainably sustainable and ethically produced and you know we have our our manufacturers sign um ethical agreements um that, about like the workplace and and how they produce their uh, their fabrics and manage their waste production etc cetera, etc cetera. 
but you know, as a small company, there's only so much traceability we can do. And that's why, um, you know, as we get bitter, as we get bigger, it's always like a constant, uh, checks and balances to make sure that we're on the right track, that we're course correcting where possible and, um, and doing our best. So I think that that's, that's the only way that it can be. And it must also be valuable that you live so close to the factories and the mills that you work with. Yeah. Yeah. That way we're, we're able to, to really be hands on and, and, uh, and develop and also just for, for shipping and everything. That's, what's great about making clothes in Italy is everything is made here. So trim is made here. Fabrics made here. Clothes are made here. But, you know, we do make stuff in Asia and Portugal as well. Um, but, you know, I would say 75% of everything that we do is made in Italy. I'd like to talk a little bit about the graphics um, that feature on the three um, pieces that you've done for Sardine. How did you arrive at those various graphics? Those are just photographs that I had taken um, in my life. And I just just thought they were were cool looking. I like using photos on 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 t-shirts and and um, what's the I mean obviously the long-term goal for Alix is to become sustainable. What's the short-term goal for you for Alix visual? Um just to have it you know be more aware like have people more aware that we offer this kind of product and um obviously to to have it be more accessible for people to buy. So having it in stores like yourself, having it in department stores in the underwear section and basic section. So it doesn't have to be such a, such a mission. And, and, and so that customers are aware that they have this option of sustainable Jersey. Cause I think that is ultimately a problem for a lot of people is that they don't know they'd like to shop sustainably, but they don't know where to begin. Yeah because it's such an undiscovered world, even even still, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. So it's, I mean, it's really exciting to hear that ultimately it's just accessibility um, as well as the methods, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Is there, is there anything, are there any challenges that you found along the way that you thought this has really affected the way that I see the the future of sustainability has there been anything where you, where you felt like not defeated as such but that it's really have you felt limited by anything production wise yeah i mean at the end of the day for people humans are creatures of habit right and and when you when you have a whole industry with many of the most successful factories brands fabric suppliers that have been doing it some for a hundred years, but a lot of them for 30, 20, 30 years, it's really hard to get people to shift to approach their businesses in a different way. You know, especially the older generation. Um, so a lot of the success has been with people that have children that are working in the companies with them and they're more open-minded. Um, they understand, uh, you know, how important this movement really is. And uh, yeah, for the past couple of years, it's, it's difficult to, 
to have every supplier, you know, want to work in this way or just for us to find um, feasible solutions for the, for the kind of products that we want to make. Um, it's also difficult to talk about this kind of thing too uh, without being too preachy because we have this belief that we'll do more good just by doing it rather than tell people that, that they need to live or operate in the same way that we do, you know? Um, so we found just a sense of discovery that if people find out that it is this way, they're like, oh, wow, I like that. And then maybe they share this idea with their friends a bit more freer. That's minus, you know, a place like yourself where, um, where people are coming to you with the idea of eco-friendly clothing in mind. Um, but, you know, I think those are like the, the main things. Um, but I think every year it, it's changing and getting better and better and better. Um, and so, yeah, I'm hopeful for the future. I think it's interesting what you mentioned about being preachy because obviously everyone working with an eco agenda has that fear. Um, but what's interesting, and I think what you raise, is that it shouldn't be something that we preach. It should just be a natural way of creating clothing because ultimately that is the only way it can be in the coming years. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm doing projects with, um, you know, larger companies um, that you know, the only way for the project to happen is that it makes sense financially. And at the end of the day, we're going to make the most change by being able to have companies make money from eco product and have the customer be able to spend the same amount of money or a less expensive price on eco product, you know? And so like that change is going to happen when, when there's, um, uh, a customer demand for it. Um, you know, I, I forget the the doctor and the quote, et cetera, that I, that I was reading, but someone was asking the, the guy who uh, invented all of the hormones for, for chickens to grow faster and, and have thicker meat on them. And they were like, you know, this is so terrible for, for the chickens, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, well... If the if the America didn't demand this much chicken in every McDonald's, KFC, and supermarket, this wouldn't have to happen. And that's the kind of free market economy that we live in. It's like this stuff is just going to continue to happen when there's a customer demand for it. It's like that with every single thing in our in in the way that we live in our society. So the change to sustainable fabric and, and manufacturing is not going to happen until people are paying for it and they want that. And so we have to create demand for this kind of product for there to be actual social change. The change to sustainable fabric and, and manufacturing is not going to happen until people are paying for it and they want that. And so we have to create demand for this kind of product for there to be actual 
social change. Yeah, it's the thing about not sacrificing aesthetic. Yeah. Is people are going to have to want to wear the designs. Yeah, exactly. Great. Thank you so much. I think we're all good. Cool. Thank Thank you for your time and thanks for what you guys are doing. It's really great. Thank you. Um, It's been an absolute pleasure to chat to you. Thanks for tuning in. Go to sardine.co to check the exclusive range from Alix Visual. Available to pre-order for 30 days, starting from the 23rd of October. Catch you next time.